after wreaking havoc in the Bahamas, where now for Hurricane Dorian. It is possible we may see a landfall of the eye of Dorian over North Carolina, but even if we don't, the impacts are going to be great along that part of the coast. It's official. The latest stats show summer 2019 was one of extremes. This summer, we've seen that combination of extremes both in rainfall with Lincolnshire in June and Wally Bridge in Derbyshire, some extreme flooding there, a very wet August in Scotland. And we have a sneak preview of the new storm names list for this coming year. I can exclusively reveal that the letter for G, which was submitted by the Dutch, is... It's Thursday the 5th of September and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and you're listening to Weathersnap, a roundup of the week's weather headlines brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. All eyes are on the Bahamas as Hurricane Dorian ripped through the islands. The monster Category 5 hurricane made landfall earlier this week. The brute force of Dorian flattening anything that wasn't already underwater. But what now for Dorian? Here's tropical prediction scientist Julian Hemming. After causing devastation in the Bahamas, Hurricane Dorian has been moving north over the last day or so and is now affecting parts of the southeastern USA. Dorian is expected to uh, track very close to the coast of uh, South and North Carolina over the next day. And in fact, it's possible we may see a landfall of the eye of Dorian over North Carolina. But even if we don't, the impacts are going to be great along that part of the coast. We expect them to experience hurricane force winds, and uh, rainfall possibly of uh, 6 to 12 inches or more along the coastal regions and a storm surge of up to 10 feet as well. And that'll all happen uh, during uh, the remainder of Thursday and on Friday as well. And then beyond that, we expect uh, Hurricane Dorian to then move out into the open waters of the, of the Atlantic and eventually pass over the far eastern parts of Canada as a, as a powerful extratropical cyclone in a few days' time. If we look to other parts of the tropics, uh, apart from where Hurricane Dorian is presently, uh, it's very active at the moment. Over in the eastern Atlantic, uh, we have Tropical Storm Gabrielle, which is expected to move northwestwards, not affecting any land areas for the foreseeable future. But then if we move around to the western Pacific, there's a powerful typhoon uh, called Lingling, which has just passed over the Japanese island of uh, Miyakojima, uh, bringing wind speeds of near 130 miles an hour. And we expect Lingling to continue moving northwards and affect um, Korea at the weekend. And there's uh, one other tropical storm called Faxai, which is also in the Western Pacific. That may become a typhoon in due course, and we expect that storm to uh, move northwestwards and could impact on Japan also at the weekend. Tropical prediction scientist here at the Met Office, Julian Hemming. The UK meteorological autumn officially started on the 1st of September. So how will you remember summer 2019? Many experienced torrential rain, flooding, strong sunshine and record-breaking temperatures. But what's the official line? Earlier, I spoke to Dr Mark McCarthy, manager of the National Climate Information Centre. So Mark, in a nutshell, how would you summarise the summer of 2019? 
2019, quite an interesting summer. Actually, it is coming out as the 12th warmest and the 7th wettest, so a warm and wet summer, which is somewhat unusual climatologically speaking. Now, I did hear you say a week or so ago that this summer was much more interesting than the record-breaking summer of 2018 when we saw those very high temperatures and heat wave. Yeah, in a somewhat different way. So 2018 was record-breaking as a summer heat wave being hot and dry. Um, whereas this summer, we've seen that combination of extremes both in rainfall with Lincolnshire in June and Wally Bridge and Derbyshire, some extreme flooding there, a very wet August in Scotland. Um, but combined with that, some real extremes of heat. So we had sort of three short, sharp heat waves at the end of June, end of July and end of August with the record breaking high temperature of 38.7 on the 25th of July. So compared to last summer, where we sort of saw a blocking pattern in terms of our weather, this was a very different setup. Yes, we've, we've seen a much more um, mixed bag of weather. So some very unsettled periods with high rainfall totals. And also lots of the uh, intense summer convective rainfall. So we've seen some very high rainfall totals over short periods, sort of a few days, or in some cases, a few hours that have caused particular problems. Uh, and we've had a number of extreme heat wave events during the summer, but even they've been relatively short lived. How unusual is a warm, wet summer to the degree that we've seen it this summer? Well, 2019 is something of an outlier climatologically for its combination of warm and wet um, and a bit of a mouthful, but it's the sort of the warmest, wetter than average summer and also the wettest, warmer than average summer. Uh, and this is in part because actually our summers are warming due to climate change. And so our wet summers have become warmer than they used to be. So finally, Mark, how does this summer fit into climate change projections for the UK? For the UK, we're projecting that uh, future summers will overall tend to be hotter and drier than we've seen in the past. But that means we can still experience wet summers as we have done this year. And those wet summers more intense through a number of mechanisms. Uh, and that's an area of active and very ongoing research. So when it does rain during summer, during these type of events, we may see more extreme extremes than we have in the past. Dr. Mark McCarthy, thank you very much. This week, the Met Office releases the much-anticipated list of storm names for the coming year, featuring names nominated by you, the public. But when did storm naming start, and why do we have it? Here's Ada McGiven. Some areas are about to be hit by a powerful storm. Hello, Storm Eleanor has been named the fifth name Storm Alley, arriving on Wednesday. And it's this one up through here, which is Storm Caroline. That's starting. Storm Helene is on the way towards the UK for earlier. The practice of naming storms goes back several hundred years. Records from the 16th century show Caribbean storms were named after saints, including the 1508 storm San Roque. Since the 1970s, alternating male and female names have been used for storms occurring in the Atlantic Basin, drawing on a list agreed by the World Meteorological Organization. Giving storms distinct and easily remembered names makes for easier media reporting, and raising public awareness and interest in weather warnings allows communities to be better prepared. 
In 2015, the Met Office and Met Erin in Ireland launched Name Our Storms, an annual scheme inviting members of the public to suggest names for storms occurring in Western Europe. Here's campaign lead Bonnie Diamond. So we had a huge response when Neymar Storms was first introduced in 2019 and we received over 10,000 names from the public at the time and as well as traditional first names that we're more familiar with there were also a lot of names taken from popular culture at the time um, with nominations including Stormy McStormface and Voldemort from the Harry Potter stories. Each year as we head into autumn a new storm list is introduced uh, and we used to go back to the letter A and we alternate between male and female names. And this year, the first letter A will be a female name. And one of the main aims is to clearly differentiate between different weather systems. Following the success of the UK and Ireland naming scheme, France, Spain and Portugal established an equivalent naming scheme for southwestern Europe. The two schemes are designed to work closely together, with each group adopting the other group's storm name. Where European storm systems are the remnants of hurricanes further south in the Atlantic, the original name will be retained to avoid confusion, with, for example, Hurricane Ophelia reverting to the title Ex-Hurricane Ophelia. This year, the Met Office and Met Erin are joined by the Dutch Weather Service, KNMI, who will also contribute to this year's storm name list. We're really pleased to have KNMI on board with the Namor Storms this year. And when we put the new list of names together, the KNMI did suggest some Dutch names uh, submitted by the public. The final list of names is top secret, but I can exclusively reveal that the letter for G, which was submitted by the Dutch, is Gerda. Bonnie Diamond there talking to Aidan McGiven. The complete set of new storm names will be announced tomorrow and you can find out more details on the Met Office website, metoffice.gov.uk. Storms and hurricanes aside, what does the UK weather have in store for us over the next few days? Here's Alex Deacon. It's going to stay on the cool side for the next few days, but with high pressure moving in, most are going to have a fine weekend. A cold front drifting south on Friday will bring some showery rain, but as that clears through, it introduces colder air, but also allows that high pressure to move in. So for most, by the odd shower across the south and east on Saturday, it looks dry and fine. We should see some sunshine. Going to be pretty chilly, though, especially if you're out on Saturday night. And first thing on Sunday morning, well, it really will feel like autumn with temperatures well down into single figures. Apart from that cold start, though, for most, Sunday with high pressure in charge, looks dry and fine with some sunshine and then weather fronts start to approach from the northwest. So cool and fine for most places this weekend. Looks a bit more changeable into next week. And one of the reasons for that is because of what's going on on the other side of the Atlantic with Hurricane Dorian. Now, over the next several days, that storm will drift up the eastern seaboard and then head out into the Atlantic. It will change, so it won't be a hurricane as it crosses the Atlantic. And it looks like the bulk of that storm will head up towards Iceland. It will influence our weather a little bit, likely to bring us a wet and blustery spell through the early part of next week. But then perhaps another tropical system comes up and that may influence our weather a little bit more through the middle part of next week. It's not too unusual to see storms of this nature affecting the UK's weather at this time of year. But what it does do 
is it increases the uncertainty in the forecast. So yes, uh, these tropical systems are likely to have some influence, but at the moment it's too early to say exactly what that'll be. The message is stay tuned to the forecast. And if you're running the Great North Run this weekend, all the very best of luck from everyone here at the Met Office. And the weather looks like playing ball. It'll be a bit chilly, but generally dry and bright in the Newcastle area on Sunday. This week, our sister podcast, Mostly Weather, is back and features a fascinating conversation with climate scientist Professor Ralph Keeling. He talks fossil fuels, the problem with CO2 and his father's legacy, the telltale Keeling Curve those uh, carbon sinks, the drawdown of carbon from the atmosphere into the land surface, into the ocean, might they take up less under some sort of global warming scenario? Yeah, that's, that's certainly possible. And, and, and that's one reason to keep track of the system, to make sure there are no surprises. But I, I would say that in the decades that I've been looking at it, it's been almost remarkably predictable. And that the insights into how these sinks were behaving or could behave decades ago would have forecasted pretty well where we are today based on knowing fossil fuel burning. Now, whether that continues isn't at all clear. And particularly, the, the land uptake remains mysterious. Just where is it? Just why did it get taken up? Is that going to continue? You can find this Mostly Weather podcast episode at soundcloud.com or on the podcast pages of the Met Office website. Just before we go, here's Martin Bowles with last week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 26th of August to Sunday the 1st of September. The highest max occurred last week on Tuesday when Heathrow peaked at 33.4 Celsius. The coldest night was in Braemar in the Highlands with a minima during the early hours of Thursday morning of 3.2 Celsius. Heavy rain dominated western Scotland through last week and Saturday saw the highest daily rainfall 69.4 millimetres in Aknagart across the Northwest Highlands. Bank Holiday Monday was the sunniest day, with 13.2 hours of sunshine in East Malling in Kent. Thanks, Martin. That's it from Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. Producer this week was Adrian Holloway. Join us next time when we take a closer look at the week's weather headlines. WeatherSnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.